Genesis chapter number 32 this morning, the book of Genesis, uh, chapter number 32, Genesis chapter number 32, and we're going to look at a uh, fairly familiar uh, passage of scripture this morning, and I want to be a help to you today. I'm going to do something today that I very, I almost say I've never done it, uh, but I've rarely done. I'm going to preach uh, I'm going to bring the message this morning and tonight from the same story, the same passage of Scripture. Uh, but do come back tonight. It will not be the same message, I promise you. Uh, but I do want to encourage you to be back tonight at 6 o'clock, and we'll look at the same uh, passage of Scripture. Uh, we're going to begin reading in verse number 24 of Genesis 32. We'll read down to the end of the chapter. Before I start reading, uh, it is good to be back home after being away for a little bit and to see all of you, uh, see the, the visitors we have today. Thank you for being here, and I look forward to seeing what uh, the Lord has for us today uh, and moving forward into the future. I'm excited about what the Lord has uh, for us as a church. Verse 24 of Genesis 32, And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. When he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. And he passed over Peniel, and the sun rose upon him, and he halted upon his thigh. Therefore the children of Israel eat not of the sinew which shrank, which is upon the hollow of the thigh unto this day, because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh and the sinew that shrank. Here we have uh, the story in Scripture of Jacob wrestling. Scripture calls him a man. I believe this is, he's the Lord Jesus Christ, an appearance of the Son of God. Jacob declares after this encounter, I've seen God face to face. We're going to look at this passage of Scripture this morning, and before I pray... I want to remind you and myself of something this morning. This room, in this room, are a whole lot of people that have a past. They have a past that you hope, some of you hope, nobody else finds out about. Uh, you have a past from before you were saved. You have a past from after being saved and getting away from God. We sometimes, as Christians, we get so far removed uh, from when our, our time of salvation is, or, or we fail to uh, be reminded of how, uh, how, how wicked our sin is, uh, sometimes we look at the person who was a drunkard and say, oh, they, they have a past. Or, or the person uh, who fell into some sin, oh, they have a past. But let me tell you, those that grow up in Sunday school and Christian school, they have a past too. Uh, how many of you this morning, there's something you've promised God that you would do, but yet you failed in doing it. Um, this morning, now that I've got everybody discouraged and, and, and thinking about that, but no, I want you to, this morning, I'm, I'm going to preach on this subject, leaving your past behind. This was a pivotal, pivotal time in the life of Jacob, who would become Israel. You may have heard 
the name Israel before. But here was a man who had a past that he was running from. And when he wrestled with God, his future was changed. So this morning, there's some, you have done what I'm going to preach this morning again. If I gave you the opportunity, you'd testify and say it's true. You can leave your past behind. This morning, let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray that uh, through the Word of God, you would uh, strengthen the Christian this morning. Uh, May you convict us where we need to be convicted. May you comfort us where we need to be comforted. May you challenge us in areas of our life where we are lacking. And Father, I pray that there's one listening this morning, whether uh, here in the service or listening by uh, live stream this morning that is unsaved, may they realize their need of salvation. Realize there's only one hope of heaven, and that's through the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, may they call on the name of the Son of God today. And Father, may a Christian get victory today. May a Christian quit looking over their shoulder today. And may we live in victory so that we can do more for you, so that we can honor you with our lives, and uh, our uh, victories can shine as an example in the life of, for the lives of others. Father, bless your people today. Bless the message. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Jacob is a very interesting character in Scripture. If you know the story of Jacob, uh, you know that Jacob and Esau, his brother, were twins born to Isaac. Uh, As was tradition, and uh, we see it throughout the Old Testament, uh, the oldest son was the one who was going to get the birthright which is very significant in this case because it wasn't only the financial blessings, it was the spiritual blessings that would pass from one to the other. And if you don't know the story, I'll I'll give you a brief summation of it. Uh, Rachel, Jacob's mother, loved Jacob. Jacob was the mama's boy. Uh, Esau was the hunter. Esau was the one uh, who who, uh, was outside and... And Jacob was inside playing video games all day, and, 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 and oh, that slipped out. And, uh, 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 but but she, he was the favorite. And it came time for Isaac to pass down the, uh, some of you got more offended by that than, than anything I've said in the last 10 years, but uh, good, I'm glad I said it. But anyway, um, time came for Isaac to pass down the uh, blessing in Just to to summarize the story, um, Jacob deceived his father. He got the birthright, and he fled. He fled because when Esau found out, Esau determined to kill him. And so now, Jacob, who has deceived his father, who conspired with his mother against his father to steal the birthright from his brother. He is now fleeing. He is now running for his life because his brother is now has a desire to kill him. When you think about this, he is estranged from his family. He never got to be around his father again like that. He never got to be in the presence of his mother like that in that situation. It was going to be different. He was estranged from his family. He was on the run. He was running from home. He then encountered, and and by the way, we're thankful that God didn't leave him. And when we get away, as we shouldn't, God doesn't leave us either. But 
he gets to a place and he is now deceived by Laban, who would be his father-in-law. He fell in love, and I said, I said, I said, I said Rachel a while ago, it wasn't, it wasn't Rachel. Um, he, fell, he fell in love, and uh, now he was, he was deceived, and he, and he thought it was, uh, he, he was deceived by, I'm sorry, I'm, 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 I'm running, combining some stories here. Well, he's, on, he's on the run, uh, and, he, and he's running from Esau. He gets to the place where he's afraid for his life. Look at me in verse number 9 in chapter 33. And Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, the Lord which said unto me, Return unto thy country and to thy kindred, and I will deal well with thee. I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies and all the truth which thou hast shown unto thy servant, for with thy, my staff I passed over this Jordan, and now I am become two bands. Deliver me, I pray thee, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he will come and smite me and the mother with the children. That's verse 11. And thou saidest, I will surely do thee good, and make thy seed as a sin of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. We find in this passage of Scripture, he's come to the place where he has been running, and he's been running, and he's been running, and he's been running, and he can't run anymore. He's about to, once again, encounter Esau. We read there that he's afraid. He's mentioning the promise that God has made, but he's afraid for his life. He has sent his service to offer uh, peace offerings, but I, uh, Jacob has made a life out of deceit. Jacob has made a life out of, out of just looking out for himself, and Jacob has made a life running from things that he did way in his past. We come to this account in his life and this account in Scripture. We find the place, and if you look at it on the surface, Jacob is going to wrestle with God. But Jacob is not just wrestling with God. Jacob is actually wrestling with his past. He's wrestling with mistakes. He's wrestling with the running. He's wrestling with uh, the, the relationships that are not right. And yes, he is wrestling with God, and he's going to have great victory in his life, and I'll preach more about that on tonight. But we're going to find that from this point on, he's able to leave his past behind. I wonder this morning, who in the room would be a little bit like Jacob? In the sense that you need to leave your past behind. He was certainly a man who had <clears throat> broken relationships. Relationships had been broken. Relationships had not been what they should be or could be. And certainly in this situation, it was because of, of his deceit. He had wasted time. Oh, and the young people in the room, if you would hear me, please don't waste your life. Don't waste time. You can't get it back. That was Jacob. And he comes to this place where he has broken relationships. He has wasted time. And I wonder who this morning can identify with Jacob from the fact, and I would think we all can in, in some sense of the application this morning, we have failed in areas that we wish we had not failed in. We have made promises to God that we have not kept. We have fallen into sin, if you will. We have gotten out of fellowship with God. We have made mistakes in the past, and we know God has forgiven us, 
Because God is a loving God. God is a gracious God. God is a forgiving God. But we have yet to be able to forgive ourselves. We have yet to be able to mend the things or clean up the mess that we have created. We have yet to deal with the consequences of unfulfilled promises to God or just wasted time of just floating through life, not fulfilling the purpose that God has for us. I want you to look into this story this morning, and I want you to know that you can leave your past behind. Listen very carefully. You cannot change your past. You can't change it. You cannot sometimes, or really anytime, run from the consequences. But you can't leave it behind. There's, there's a saying that coaches use, use in sports. You remember sports? That's a word from the past. They lose a, a big game, and the coach comes right in and says, we're going to forget about that, and he'll make a statement something like this, because we don't want one loss to turn into two, because we're still thinking about last week's ball game. And there are a lot of Christians, there's things that you can't do for God now and in your future, because you're still dwelled on what, what happened took place way back here in your life. You're, you're dwelling on the mistakes, the wasted time, or the unkind words that were said that hurt a relationship. And in this sense, you're not that much different than Jacob. I'm going to tell you this morning how you can leave that behind. And some of you sit here, you got saved later in life, and you would say, I would give anything to have the opportunities that, that the, the boys and girls that grew up here, and, and they, they, they were sheltered and shielded away from the things, and I would give anything to have that testimony, but you don't. So you need to get victory. And realize this morning, if you're saved, uh, as the song says, what sins are you talking about? And the devil is good at using guilt in the mind of the Christian to keep them from pressing on and doing what it is that he has for them to do. Let's look at the outline this morning with the time we have uh, uh, remaining. I'll make four statements this morning about change in your life, which would help you to leave your past behind. Listen very carefully this morning. Number one, change is possible. You do not have to live a defeated life. You do not have to live defeated as a Christian. You do not have to live in the sin that you, that you fell into. You don't have to live discouraged. You don't have to live defeated. You don't have to live on the run. One of the most miserable places for the Christian to be is out of fellowship with God because you have the Spirit of God that dwells within you. And one of the responsibilities, if you will, one of the jobs of the, of the Holy Spirit is to convict you. It's miserable living looking over your shoulder. It's miserable living knowing that you're out of fellowship with God. You don't doubt that He loves you. You don't doubt that forgiveness is available. You've been taught that. But yet, you wonder if change is possible. You hear that word a lot today. So you might have to deal with your past, but you don't have to live there. You don't have to live there. Every person in the room has made mistakes in their life. Every one of us has failed. Every one of us has faltered. Every one of us has some measure of regret 
uh, whether it's lost opportunity or, or poor choices or poor decisions. And thank God that we can get right with God. And thank God that we can enter into his house and we can sing about him and speak his name because none of us are worthy to even speak the name of the Son of God. But yet that very same Jesus Christ died for you and he died for me and he paid our sin debt. And if you're saved this morning, those sins have been washed under the blood. Those sins are as far as from the east, it's from the west. And when God himself looks at your record and looks at my record, he sees the record of his perfect son. But change is possible. First change that must take place, I'll mention very carefully, is the change of salvation. Uh, rehab won't help a man like salvation will help him. Uh, turning over a new leaf not only is not going to change your eternity, it's not going to change your life like salvation will. And thank God for salvation. Thank God for the old man becoming the new man. Thank God for the spirit, which is the, the, the life that is dead, the soul that is dead, to be quickened and made alive by the Spirit of God. Thank God for that. But the next change that needs to take place in the life of the Christian is surrender. Jacob had nowhere else to run. But his own decisions had to be made about leaving his past behind. Don't let your past failures as a Christian steal you from future victories as a Christian. Well, sometimes you talk to the same people and all they want to talk about is all the, all the, all the ways they messed up. And I have to remind people sometimes, I'm not a priest. You don't have to confess your sins to me. If I need to help you with something, I'll help you with something. The less I know about you, the better off I am. But you can have victory. And I want to tell you this morning, it doesn't matter. This ought to give some of you hope because some, some right now, you're, you're, you're delving in things that you know you shouldn't be involved in. You're making decisions that you know you shouldn't be making. Your heart is cold to the things of God. You're just going through the motions. And I want to tell you this morning, don't listen to the devil when he tells you, well, it's too late. You can't be used. You can't serve God. There's nothing for you to do. Change is possible. It is possible. You and I, we look at Israel now, but there was a time when he was Jacob and nobody wanted to be around him, and nobody could trust him, and he had made a mess in his own home, his own family, and he was on the run from the people who were after him, but there came a time when he had to realize, enough's enough. I've got to have a change. Make statement number two. It's going to be very simple and practical this morning. Change comes from God. Verse number 30, And Jacob called the name of the place, Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Just because you saw, saw an inspirational quote on social media and, and shared it or liked it, doesn't mean your problems are gone. Change comes from God. 
Well, Pastor, I want to get out of this mess. Praise God. We got a God who loves us. We got a God who cares about us. We got a God who can, who can change us, wants to meet our needs. Pastor, I just, I don't want to do it that way. We don't really want change. You don't really want help. Because change comes from God. Individual life can't change cannot be legislated. It cannot be gifted by another man. I think you know, as, as your pastor, I think you know me well enough and know my heart well enough to know that if, that if I could help you make changes personally, I would help you. If I, if, if I could change some circumstances in your life, I would change them. But I don't have that ability. I don't have that power. But can I tell you this morning, God does. God can change your desires. God can change your focus. God can heal your wounds. Hey, God can wipe the tears away. As I said earlier, you can't change what has been done, but God can change you so that you can live victoriously. You can move on with your life. You can move forward with your life, but the change has to come from God. Change comes from God. Jacob's change came from a reckoning with God. There's an old saying down in the south. You, you may have heard it. There's a lot of old sayings in the south. Some I won't say from my pulpit. But there's, there's some old, old sayings down in the south. And some of you may have heard it. You may have had a parent at one time say it to you. Something like this. You need to have a come to Jesus meeting. Have you ever heard that before? Most of you, you must have had a lot of come to Jesus meetings, the way you responded to that. We say that as kind of a trite statement sometimes, and it's a, and you, just, you, just need to, you just need to get it figured out. You just need to, to, to let me take, you know, I never understood why all the come to Jesus meetings had to take place outside, out back. <laughs> because it wasn't about you coming to Jesus, it was about the frustration getting released from the person who cares so much about your relationship with Jesus. Some of you are identifying with this this morning, aren't you? But don't, don't miss this. If you're going to leave your past behind, if you're going to make the change in your life, if you're going to get over it, you can't just wish it away. You've got to have God. This world, and it's heartbreaking to encounter people. They can't get over what, what life has dealt them. They want to. And they have all the philosophies of the world filled in their minds that this is what is necessary and this is what you have to do. And, and friend, I can help you this morning. There's changes that only God can make. There's healing that only God can do. I said, number one, Change is possible. Number two, change comes from God. Number three, this is where I think I'll help some of you this morning. Change comes when you stop running. Jacob was good at running. And he ran, and he ran, and God, God, God took care of him along the way. And he had victories along the way. He had great blessings along the way because God always keeps His word. 
There is something inside of him, guilt and fear, and looking over his shoulder, and he's fixing to be reacquainted, is one way of saying, with his brother. And he was afraid for his life. But he was good at running, and it was not until he had no other place to run. The Bible says so much, and we don't have time to get to all of it, but in verse 24, and Jacob was left alone. He's left alone. He's done all that he could do. He's run all that he could run, and now change is going to be possible in his own life. He's going to be able to leave his past behind, but he had to stop running. Can I help some of you this morning? It's time for you to stop running from what has taken place in your past. I'm not saying go back to it by any means, and I don't think you have to go revisit it. And I don't think you have to tell all of your friends and family and neighbors, this is what took place in my life in the past, and this is how I have, I have, I have failed God. God will listen to that, and you can confess your sins to God if necessary, but what I mean by that is quit allowing what has taken place Deal with it, acknowledge any wrongdoing, let God heal you, and then move on. See, change comes when you stop running. Well, Pastor, I'm not running from my past. I'm not running from my mistake. Then why are we still talking about it? It's... it's it's frustrating as a pastor. Can I just be real with you this morning? When you, when you want somebody and you pray for somebody, you love somebody, you want them to get, get over themselves and get over what has been taking place and not be defeated once, but they're defeated again because they don't want to swallow their pride and deal with it. They don't want to deal with the shame and what will people say and what am I going to do? Friend, everybody's got their own problems. People don't care as much as you think they care. But you need to stop running and say, God, I can't continue on without your help. You have got to give me peace. You have got to, to, to give me confidence. You have got to heal the brokenness. You have got to help me deal with my pride so that I can move on with my life. It's frustrating when you give somebody the solution and that's pushed aside. And I still have this problem. Take your medicine. Well, I still have this solution. Take your medicine. Well, I, I, still have this, I still have this problem that I have to deal with. And, and way back, friend, Jesus paid for all of your sins. Even the ones you, you like to keep talking about because it's your guilt. It's because the devil has convinced you that, that, that God would never do anything for you. God would never use you in any capacity. And your life is finished. It is over. It is run. A dream may be done. A relationship may be severed. And there might be some things you can't go back and fix. But friend, there's a God who can heal all wounds. There's a God who forgives all sins. And there is a God who can make a change in you so that you don't have to keep living in your mistake from the past. Now, I've said all of that to get to number four. 
Number four is this. Change does not come without struggle. I think most, if not all, are on the same page with me this morning. Jacob's an example of a great change that took place in his life. And, boy, he was able to leave his past mistakes in the past. And I have to say, amen, Pastor, change is possible. Because we have a God who can do all things. Oh, and change does come from God. I know. Some of you can testify. I know because I've tried everything else. I, I mean, I've been to every program, and I've signed up for every, 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 every online group, and, and, I, and I've, I've tried everything there is under the sun, and, and, and I know that change only comes from God. And, and change comes when you're willing to face it. There's a lot of sadly, a lot of Christians who can have victory, but, but they don't want to walk in the door and face the reality of who they are and what they've done and where they're at in life. Friend, that's why it's so important when you have the opportunity and, and the Holy Spirit convicts you of something, deal with it then. We get to the point where, which I mentioned number four, change does not come without struggle. Look at verse number 24 again. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. Verse 25, and when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. The word wrestle can be defined like this, to struggle, to strive, to contend. Jacob struggled with the Lord. Jacob strived. Jacob contended. There's too many Christians... I think they can come one time to an altar and they can say, Lord, take this from me and I'm fixed. No. It's a struggle. You've got to wrestle with God for the change. Pastor, I want to get my life in order. I, I, I want to have victory. I want you to help me. Glad to help you. What do I need to do? We lay out what the Bible says we need to do. Two weeks pass. Where you at? It's a pastor. Well, I tried it for two weeks. I can't get over it. Hold on a second. You've got to be willing to contend with God. Strive with God. Struggle with God. Hey, it took you longer than two weeks to dig that pit you're living in. We all want the easy solution. The, we want, the, we want the, the guilt to go away. We want the, the, the lack of confidence in, in what God has for us to go away. The, the opportunity, and we, we live in that past and our, our defeat and our struggle and our, and our wasted time. And, 
God has a future for us. I'm thankful that in heaven we're going to leave all this behind and I am going to be, I'm going to have the same perfection as my Savior does. I'm going to have His mind. Aren't you thankful for that? And we don't have to battle this flesh anymore. We, we don't have to battle our emotions anymore. But you and I are supposed to have victory while we live on this earth. Not a life without pain. Not a life without sorrow. None of us are going to live a perfect life where we can say, well, I don't have anything to look back on. I wish I could change that. We all feel that way. We all have unfulfilled promises to God, but what are we going to do about it? I'm telling you this morning, change can be made. You can leave the past in the past, but you're going to have to wrestle with God. It's not going to happen like that. You're going to have to struggle. Pastor, what does that mean? Is this the scripture? Is this an allegory? Is this a picture? No. Jacob literally wrestled with God. But how, what is that, how does that apply to you and I? We would wrestle with God in a different way. We'd wrestle with God when it comes to the Word of God. See, I want to get victory. You can't get victory separate from the Word of God. You can't leave the past in the past without the Bible. Too many Christians, you, know, you think, well, I'm going to wish this away, and you've got to pick up your Bible. You've got to say, you, you've, got to be, you've got to accurately and honestly identify the issues that you have and be honest and go to the Scripture and let the Bible change you. Wrestle with the Word of God. There's nobody in here, no matter, you look around, you may not know people very well, it's maybe your first time, you may be here 15, have been a member here 15 years, and still only know five people. I don't, I don't know what, what it is. You may look around and say, well, everybody else is, they're a better Christian than I am. Well, friend, everybody in here has come across a passage of Scripture that we didn't like because of what it does to us. Everybody in here, your pastor included, has been in a service where the man of God gets up and preaches from the Word of God, and the Spirit of God brings conviction. It begins to work you over and begins to, to, to turn you upside down. That is wrestling with God. But there's too many that don't say, I'm not going to let you go until there's a change. There's too many Christians that will run out the back door when the wrestling match starts. There's too many Christians that slam shut their Bible and say, that doesn't apply to me when the wrestling starts and you and I have got to be in the place where you say, I want to leave it behind. I don't want to run anymore, but I understand that it's not going to be an easy thing to accomplish. You've got to be willing to commit to struggle. God, you've got to give me victory. You've got to help me. We find in this story, and I close this morning, or I get a little closer to closing this morning. In verse 26, the Lord said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. He said, I'll not let thee go, except thou bless me. When's the last time? So everybody, everybody wants to leave their past behind. But do you really want it? 
well, I, I want to make this change, and I don't want to run anymore, and I, and I want God to use me. And, and the big obstacle I have is I know that you know, I'm running because of some things that took place and some, some mistakes that I've made or just some things I promised God that I'm not doing. And, and I want to fix them, but do you want them? Do you want to get so far removed of it that you grab a hold and say, God, I'm sitting here all night until you do something in my heart. It would be good for some Christians to lose, an, lose their appetite. So what do you mean by that? What I mean by that is we get so consumed with God making the change in us that I just don't feel like eating. Pastor, can we have church on Monday night? Can we have church on Tuesday night? Why in the world do you want church on Monday night and Tuesday night? Because I'm wrestling. Would you, would you pray with me? And by the way, don't ask me to pray with you to get strength enough. No, you just do it. I'll pray for you to be faithful. I'll pray for God to, to help you. But there's no easy fix. You've got to be willing to wrestle. We find very quickly, I'll preach more on it tonight. In verse 28, and he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. There's the change. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men. Those are last three words of chapter 28. And hast prevailed. We just read forward in the book of Genesis. There is a reconciliation between Jacob and Esau. God heals things. God does things that only God could do. But God changed his name. There's a change in him leaving his past behind. I want you to notice, and has prevailed. You know what I like? There's a lot I like about this story. But as Jacob is struggling with God, he says, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Jacob had to make things right with Esau, but God didn't say, well, let me go check with Esau to see if I'm going to give you victory or not. He didn't say, let me take an online poll to see if if people think you're worthy. He said, and hast prevailed. He came out the victor because he wanted something from God so bad. He couldn't go back and change what had been done. He couldn't get time back. But he got to a place in his life where he couldn't run any longer. And he was all alone. He said, I've got to get something from God. And God was willing to spend that night with him as he wrestled. As he wrestled. And from this point, he was able to leave his past. I wonder how many Christians this morning who would be willing to get over what took place in your life before you were saved. Blood covers it all. 
I wonder what it would take for some Christians this morning. Let's just be honest. You've stumbled. Let me be a little more direct. You've fallen. You've fallen flat on your face. I wonder how many Christians this morning who, if you're honest, you'd say, you know, there are some things I promised God at an altar that I've yet to do. There's lost time. But you know what we need in our churches this morning? You know what we need amongst Christians this morning? It's for Christians to leave the past in the past and move on, leave Jacob behind, let God make you Israel. There'd be an obvious change in you. This, this evening, if I don't change my mind, I'm going to preach on the, on, on the subject. Where did you get that lip? There's an obvious change. Whenever a Christian gets to the place and says, I'm going to surrender. You cannot surrender your future to God until you surrender what has taken place in your life. Quit letting the devil. You might have to make some, some, some reconciliation. You might have to make some changes. Be willing to wrestle with God and struggle a little bit. God, I'm not, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep reading this book until the change is made. I don't care how lousy I feel. I don't care how discouraged I am. But when those church doors are open, I'm going to be there. Oh, and God, you've given me a pastor. If, if, if I go to him for counsel and I say, Pastor, you've got to help me. And he says, take this side of your life and cut this person out of your life. And you need to kick all these distractions away. You need to focus that I'm going to do whatever he helps me and instructs me to do so that I can get victory. I can't do it for you. Somebody who loves you can't do it for you. This was not a tag team wrestling match. I'm getting right on some of your levels now. He couldn't tag out and have somebody else go in there and wrestle and say, win this victory for me. If you're going to get victory over your past, you've got to get victory. But you've got to get a hold of God. You've got to grab a hold of Him and say, I want the change. I want to come out on top. Father, I pray that you'll...